0: Carlos Silva, CEO World Team Tennis Sports, is coming back now. You guys start when?
1: So, so David, we start July 12th, which would have been okay. the Sunday of Wimbledon. And so, in a way, it's a it's a little sad because we don't have Wimbledon this year. But uh, I think we I think we pulled off all of the the things that we had to pull off in this crazy year. Bringing all nine of our teams to one location. Uh, we looked at. We looked at a lot of places to go, Texas, Florida, Nevada. We ended up in West Virginia for, I think, a lot of smart reasons. And maybe we look a little smarter today because of everything that's still happening in Texas and Florida. Sometimes maybe you get lucky in, as well. But, you know, West Virginia is super low on the, on the COVID incident rate. It um, feels safe. I think it is safe uh, compared to other states. And uh, the Greenbrier has been a great a uh, great host so far. So we're, um, we're planning on bringing all nine teams in and starting on July 12th and running all through the season as a regular season with big, with the big finals on CBS for the first time in the history of world team tennis live on CBS on August 2nd.
0: Every day we hear a different sport creating bubbles in Orlando or Greenbrier now, or uh, the women's soccer players out in Utah, starting up shortly. It, just talk right. about the process of, of creating that bubble and, and your team involved and, uh, the ch- I guess, uh, uh, some of the challenges, but also uh, the positive of what you've learned about your colleagues in trying to create something like this. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's been a long
1: process. I mean, I think like all of us, I mean, the nice thing about sports that I found is uh, I think it's been very collegial over these, these weeks, uh, no matter, yeah, you know, I was on the phone the other day with Jay Monahan from the PGA Tour. I've known him for years, asking him about their mobile vans and what they're doing as they were coming back to Texas a few weeks ago. We were on White House briefings. We were on the phone with mayors and governors. And, and everyone wanted to share. Everyone was looking to find a way. I think ultimately when we lined up the five states that we had, uh, and you know, Florida felt like a good one because at that time they were sort of opening. Um the the Greenbrier jumped in sort of at the last minute and said look things are really great here uh we'll also let you bring fans. And so they've got this great 2500 person stadium so we're going to put 500 fans a day in the stadium. You know as we've all kind of started to open up the world we go to restaurants and they have 50% capacity. So this will be less than 50 well below 50% capacity and we'll social distance them. Um you know, but the process is, it's been a, a process that, that, that really, David, is still going on today. So, yesterday, we also made a decision, even though we had our entire process laid out, we added that we're going to make those 500 fans that come to the stadium wear masks. And so, uh, look, maybe they won't have to wear masks the entire season. We'll see how things go, but better to err on the side of being a little safer and still letting sport come back and certainly letting those fans come in than not. So, you know, like I tell my team, and, and I know you're, you know, talking to everyone, uh, you know, every single day there's still something new and we've got to be diligent until August 2nd when they hoist the King Trophy. You know, then maybe we could take a, a breath for a second. But until then, you just, you got you to gotta be smart every day and try and stick to your, um, your, you know, your
0: rules and your procedures to be safe. And so nine teams, how many players and like, so you got 500 fans and then how many, how big is that other called bubble of staff and the, the players and coaches that come in?
1: Yeah. So um, there's about, let, let's call it 60 players and coaches with nine teams uh, it might be, might be 56, but let's call it 60. Uh, and then you've got basically about another 60 between staff as well as all of the TV production and everything that we've got to get done. So it's about 120, 125 people total. We've tried to keep things tight. Uh, everyone's at the Greenbrier and, and they can walk to the court, they can walk to the production facilities. Um, everyone's gonna be tested on the way in so that no one with a positive will be you know, bringing a positive on the way in. Uh, the Greenbrier is open for business. You know, you and I could go and and play golf right now at the Greenbrier, and they've got their own you know procedures. When you enter the grounds, everyone gets their temperature taken. I was there last week. As long as your temperature's below 100.4, you're allowed into the grounds. Then we're going to add an additional daily temperature check to enter the arena. And so, even if you were, for me, I'll already be at the Greenbrier, so that my temperature will be checked every day to go into the stadium. But if you happen to come just for one day, you'd get your temperature checked on the way into the grounds and then again on your way into the stadium. And again, as long as you're below 100.4, we'll, we'll be in good shape. If someone isn't, we'll have to pull them out quickly and, and, uh, and make sure we take their temperature again. And then ultimately, if we need to, um, give them a test to see if, uh, if, they're, if their temperature's you know, due to COVID or just because they might have an elevated temperature. So it's it's an ongoing sort of day-to-day process that we'll just stick stick to and uh and hopefully get through it um between now and August 2nd. And
0: and for a live event business, what have you done or had to think about over the last 3 months as it relates to just technology and a digital aspect of you at some point you didn't know you were going to be coming back July 12th. Um <laughs> and and you know, as you said, tomorrow you might go no masks. I mean, it changes every day. We learn every day, but has there been other virtual games, other pieces of content or other types of business that you guys have developed or have accelerated um, while you were in the limbo of not knowing if you had live events or not? You know,
1: for, for us, we've always talked about, um, you know, letting, letting fans get to know our players more and letting them to know, get to know the teams. And, and I don't think we've done a great job of it over the years. Uh, You know, it turned out in this downtimes with, with my executive uh, producer, you know, Jim Townsend and, and, you know, he's got a great team and Corey and David and Sean. And uh, we ended up launching four little shows. So we ended up launching four mini shows. One was called Luke's Legends with, uh, uh you know with with French Open champion uh Luke Jensen, uh who also happens to be the coach of our New York team. Uh so Luke's got a great personality. You you see him on ESPN during the US Open and others. So he ended up, you know, launching a show like we're talking today, uh, uh you know kind of a Zoom style show called Luke's Legends, had so many people on. I was lucky enough that I got invited on, so that was cool. <laughs> and uh and then Ryan Harrison ended up doing something called, uh, called Ryan's happy hour. And, and, uh, and he's one of our players. He plays for San Diego aviators, former top 30 in the world. Great guy. Uh, also great personality. And he wanted to sort of break into broadcasting a little bit as he's sort of thinking maybe 10 years down the road. So we launched a show with him and then we launched a show with Nick Gismondi. Nick is our host and has done all of our CBS shows and used to work for me at universal sports back in the day. And, uh, and Nick ended up doing a show as well, but his angle was a little different. He brought in a lot of athletes and Olympians and, and others in the hockey world because he also is the voice of, uh, of the Detroit Red Wings, too. I'm sorry, the Chicago Blackhawks. Apologize. And so, um, and so that, that, it was great. And I got to tell you, you know, David, I, I, uh, if you had asked me to launch three shows in a regular time, you know how it goes. Oh, we're busy. I don't know that we can get it done. I mean, these guys like graphics packages, production quality. We have all the the resources. I mean, the shows were great. They were put them up, we put them all over social and Facebook Live, and and I gotta tell you, as a result of that, I think things like that will continue in a much more aggressive way, uh, both during the season this year, and then obviously, you know, after the season as we try to expand our, you know, our footprint out from the summer. You know, we added All Star. Uh, all star weekend, which is now in March, so that 's the beginning of our expansion and then with these shows and other things that we might do in the in the fall and
0: the winter, it, it, it continues to keep the world team tennis brand in front of people i 'll come back to tennis in a second, but in, in your career you 've hit a number of different sports, glory days back in AOL across all sports, but there 's some golf in there there 's professional fighters leagues in there what 's different about tennis to the, those other sports.
1: You know, so far I've found that tennis has a lot of really good people. Um, I, don't know that, I don't know that all the sports I've been involved with, I can say, have really good people. Um, so I'm really happy about that. I like, I like working with good people. Uh, that's why I like working with Octagon. So, uh, and it's true, you know, you, you sort of get to a certain point in your career. You want to you wanna work with good people every day to get great things done. Um, but the other, but the, you know, the, the other way to answer it is they're also very similar. Um, you know, most people don't know that when we when we uh launched the tournament format in the professional fighters league that so much of it was based on my tennis background. And you know, we even had a concept of a lucky loser in the fight <laughs> game. And I, I remember in some of those first meetings with Ray and others, they looked at them, what's a lucky loser. It's like, well, a lucky loser, a guy that loses, but then that person gets sucked back into the tournament because the person that's there somehow fell out and they become a lucky loser. And uh and so Things like that, and the way the brackets work, we're we're very much based on tennis and seating. So, you know, you try to use everything you've learned uh, across it. I mean, even the the things we've done with music and entertainment from some of my other sports, and certainly from the fight game too, and what they do in the arena it, to try and continue to make you know world team tennis feel bigger and even more fun, and even like I like to say, maybe more and more like an NBA game.
0: Mm. And, and you talk about. Uh, working with good people and and doing the right thing. You and I are DC guys and and you look every day just in terms of social justice and humanity and what's going on in the world today. What what do you guys as an organization do with issues of the day and how to educate um, uh, and create awareness or exposure to players, staff, sponsors, and fans? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Obviously,
1: I mean, it should be a question that we should be talking about every single day. And it seems like you know now we're talking about it more. I, I mean, I am very proud that I'm I'm leading an organization that has always stood for equality. I mean, when Billie Jean co-founded this thing forty five years ago, it was to it was to get men and women, you know, on the court playing together, competing. I'm so happy to. You know, look across all of our teams and, and see the diversity that we've got. And, but also know that the, the, the teams weren't constructed because of the diversity. They were constructed because we were cr- trying to create great teams that just happened to be with people, you know, men and women. Uh, some, some of our teams, you know, woman is the top player some of our teams, men's top player, some of our teams, the doubles team are top player. and They come, they come from all walks of life. It doesn't matter, you know, white, black, Asian, Latino. I'm, you know, I'm happy that I'm a CEO of a, of a major sports organization. And I, and I check the Latino box. I mean, I think that's cool. Um, and I think we'll just continue to do that. And I think we've done it for 45 years. I, you know, we had a staff call the other day and I told my team and I had a player call and I told the team the same thing, which is, uh, you know, you got to do it today, but you got to do it tomorrow. And the next day, like you, there's never a day that you don't treat people well. And, uh, it just so happened. I mean, just a little story, the day that I did that, that call with the players, I was, you know, upset, not just for what's going on in the world, but it was that day that you probably saw it, David, cause you're, you know, you're local here too. And it was, it was a big national story, but certainly local Was um, someone had, had defaced the Arthur Ashe statue down in Richmond and they had, you know, spray painted all over it and, and just, you know, you know, treated, treated his legacy, you know, badly. And if there was ever, you know, if there was ever a guy that just stood for equality and was just a great human being, uh, it just made me sad that day. And so, you know, every day there's something, but you gotta, you know, you gotta treat, everyone well every day and I and that's what I tell my team and my staff you know do that and if uh if you
0: can't do that then you know we don't you know you, you shouldn't play for us and you shouldn't be on the team it's just the way it is 40 45 years is an unbelievable run what uh and you talked about uh having your fans get to know your players and being better at that what are the other things you want to be better at or how do you grow the sport
1: well I think you know, I, I want to make sure that we're, you know, really embedded in the fabric of tennis. Uh, I, don't, I don't want World Team Tennis to, to just be, a, you know, an afterthought. Uh, you know, the ATP that runs the men's tour, the WTA that runs the women's tour, we, you know, we want to we work with them. We want to, you know, figure out how the calendars work. Um, we've got all the best players in the world playing for us this year. I mean, uh, and they're all ATP and WTA athletes from, you know, you know, Venus or the Bryant brothers or, uh, you know, Danielle Collins, Sloan Stevens, I mean, the list is big. And so, you know, for us, we got to continue to just, um, you know, be part of the fabric of tennis. I I also want everyone to know about what we do. And I think that's why it's so key that our finals are on CBS, you know, why we've got so many matches on ESPN and, and why we've got so many matches on tennis channel, because, you know, with 66 matches over three weeks, you know, no one outlet can cover any of them anyway. So it's great that, that all of them are partners of ours. And that way you and your friends and your friends, friends, more people can see it. Cause the more people that see it, I, it's a great product and you know, we just got to continue to build the audience.
0: Yeah. And you, and you talked about the lucky loser and how the PFL used that in some of your thinking and back to your tennis days, where do, where do you look for inspiration of others that do good things that keeps your, keeps your mind flowing with new ideas and innovation every day? Well, you know, it's, it's
1: funny. You know, we've known each other a long time. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, there's been this, this sort of D.C.-based crew that we've all kind of worked together. We've gone out, we've met, we've had a beer. Um, and, and we've all kind of looked at what each other is doing. And i think I think for all of us, you know you got to do that if you think if you think like your sport is the only one that you know you might have a moment you, you might be on top for a second, but that's kind of how sports work you got to keep doing it every day i mean i I also personally look a lot at you know with some of my technology background and you know having you know i mean you know I kind of got into sports and and only because sports was like the best thing to use new technology on i mean I was in you know, interactive television early, early, early. And we use sports as our sort of, you know, platform to show the capabilities of what we were trying to do. And so I always try to do that. I try to look at technology and then how someone that isn't putting those two things together, uh, you, know, we, you know, we've we had automated line calling for, for years with a company called Hawkeye. They do a great job, but is there a better way to do that even? Um, you know, is there better ways to help people understand what great athletes these tennis players are and how they run and jump and, and spin and and burn calories and, 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 you know, are just great athletes. And, and so we're going to continue doing it. I think we're a little behind this year. There were some things I wanted to do this year that unfortunately we're not going to get to, but I still think you're going to see a bunch of it uh, in world team tennis. Certainly the automated line call. I'm so excited the U S open is going to use Hawkeye on the outer courts for the first time with no lines, people. You know, and everyone was talking about it like, wow, like that's so, so radical. It's like, no, not really, because a computer's better at calling lines than any human eye is. I don't, no one's ever going to convince me of that otherwise. And, and there's a whole bunch of more of those that we'll, we'll keep pushing. And maybe we can push some of them from World Team Tennis to, you know, to the US Open or to other
0: ATP and WTA events for sure. Speaking of changes like that with, with the lines on the outer courts, what do you guys do down in the Greenbrier just? Uh, ball, are there ball kids? What, what's the the safety kind of the new parts that we'll see uh, next month?
1: Yeah, as you as you get to the you know I talked about the fans, but uh, as you get to the court, the the you know once the two teams are on the court, uh, the benches are going to be spread out, uh, especially for the first seven days until those players that haven't been together also come together. So that that'll be one. There will be no ball kids in World Team Tennis in 2020. We didn't think that that was uh, smart. So the only people that can be ball kids are your other teammates, which I think is also going to be that's super great. interesting. Like you might have the Bryant brothers, like being ball kids for Sam query playing a match, uh, you know, and I think, I think that's amazing. So that's a new thing. the chair umpire will be the only other person he or she will be on the other side of the court. Uh, and then certainly we'll be using Hawkeye to call, call all the lines. Um, we're also have some new technology and, and we have a new partnership um, with Chosen Foods, and they're going to also be tracking sort of how far the players run during a match, mm. and then we'll be calculating some calorie
0: counts, so that that should be a lot of fun, too. I think the Ball Kids is great. I think with uh, golf and tennis, sometimes on relatability, it's hard. If, if Roger's hitting the ball 100x miles an hour, it's hard for the the 3.0 or 4.5 guy, woman in the neighborhood to understand that. And same with golf hitting a ball 250 yards. And so last month when they did some of those exhibitions in golf and, and Ricky and Justin Thomas are carrying their own bags. Yeah. I I think it made a golf fan appreciate they are like me. And so I am sure there'll be great conversation and applause when, uh, tennis fans get to see, sam or the brian brothers or hopefully they're just going and they serve them ball in the net and they got to run up there and take the right. racket yeah, and, yeah gotta and go and clear to the, the net
1: just like you and i do right yeah, yeah it's true. i think that's yeah, good I mean, uh, and then we'll do we'll do little things i mean we're gonna try you know tell the players you know no hugs high fives you know let's let's be smart here and let's get into the season and and i think everyone everyone understands there's been a lot of great tennis with utr Uh, doing a bunch of matches and and a bunch of other things on the positive side around the world and I think for the most part the players have all been um, you know conscious of being
0: careful. Where where do you think the 500 fans are coming from? Are those people that were regularly coming to the Greenbrier for a summer vacation? Are they going to be local or how how do you think? Where where are those fans coming from?
1: You know, tickets, tickets went on sale about five days ago, six days ago, and it seemed like a lot of them were um, some of the guests that were going to be at the Greenbrier anyways. The Greenbrier, I think, is selling out in ways that they didn't even think they were because I don't think a lot of people are yet ready to jump on a plane for a family vacation. So sort of, you know, from Pittsburgh to New York to Philly to D.C. to Richmond to Charlotte. Um, you know, it's about 5 or 6 or 7 hours at the most, you know, from even New York, I think it's 8 hours, but you know, DC it's less than 4 hours. And I think a lot of people are driving, so they're going to they're definitely filled up. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I think uh I think the 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 place is going to be full. That's where most of the tickets are coming from. But then because those drives are, I think you're going to see Washington Castles fans say you know what, I, I don't know what my summer vacation is going to be. Why don't we go to the Greenbrier for a long weekend? And we get to watch, you know, Venus and Francis and, 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 you know, everyone on the castles play against all these other great teams over the course of a couple days. And, you know, what's cool about it, David, too, is, you know, usually a world team tennis match is one match at 7 o'clock at night. But because we have all the teams in one location, we got matches at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. every day. So even if you came for one day and just caught two of them the the 2 p.m. and the 7 p.m. match, it's a lot of tennis with a lot of great players. So I think uh, over the next couple of days, we're going to start to see that window move out from, you know, sort of the 60 miles around Greenbrier and extend to the major metropolitan, you know, markets on the East coast.
0: And, And let's close with for some, for a fan that has never been, has never seen world team tennis. what, what, do you tell them that's different about going to see a professional tennis match or their interactivity or the coaches yelling or give them a little flavor and closing of what they expect to see? Well, you, you know, it's not quiet. Uh, you know, I,
1: I, I, can only say, I say all the times it feels more like an NBA game. There's, there's music playing all the time. There's the announcer. is shouting out stuff that the coaches are yelling you know, pa. you know, cheering on their teammates, teammates are running out and, you know, high five and, you know, and, and encouraging them. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the, the quiet please kind of a setting that uh, you would think of it, you know, like a Wimbledon or, or something very traditional. And I think that's the energy that, that the players love. They don't get a chance to play on teams very often. Uh, many of them did play college tennis. So it, it does have a little bit of that feeling, but it's with that, the best players in the world. The other thing about it is it's fast. Uh, You know, each set is only to five games and, uh, and, you know, you play five sets, you know, men's singles, women's singles, men's doubles, women's doubles, and mixed doubles. Those five sets can consist of a match. There's no ad scoring. So there's a lot of tense moments around the one point that could win you the game. And, uh, and the whole thing's done in two and a half hours. And you, you, you know, got to want, you either get a win or you get a, you know, get a loss. And uh, so it's great energy, it's great fun, and it's great competition, I think. I I haven't met anyone that's come to one of our matches live that hasn't said to me, I had no idea, or "I, I love coming back because I love the energy.
0: And that's the bond. There's plenty more to come.